What is up? Sixth man, new segment. Here we are, chilling with House Lasku and my man who needs no further introduction, Sam Piercy. But I will have to give you an introduction because this is a new segment that we're doing. Now, with the sixth man, we spoke about how we want every team to get attention. Uh, we want to show love and not just the big market franchises. So we've tracked down as many people uh, who have their fan who are supporting different different teams throughout the association. And the first person is my good friend, the man who actually got me into basketball, uh, which we're going to talk about. That is Sam Piercy. How you doing, my man? Doing good. How's it going, guys? I'm repping with the uh, the paint stained box top, which I accidentally wore on a work trip, which has got a load of varnish over it, which is great. So I need to invest in a new jersey, but other than that. It's all going very well. Those are the first Bucks jerseys I remember when Milwaukee were absolute dog shit. Uh, that, that's just the first thing that pops into my mind when I see that. Coming jersey. in hard, aren't you? Uh, no, you, I, I, I actually don't right know. Me firing shots. That wasn't me firing shots. <laughs> Milwaukee's been been up and down, but like I think Milwaukee's one of those teams that's always had like a, a big star at different random points, which is really random because I wouldn't associate. I've never been to Milwaukee. I, admittedly, but I've never associated Milwaukee with being like a, a big market team, but they always seem to attract like some form of marquee talent occasionally and develop them well. So we're in a good place at the moment, but time will tell. So what we want to start off with this segment is talking about you, Pi, and how you got into basketball. Now, I know that you're an established MVP from our, our Sunbury Sonics we also went to BBL games when we were kids as well. What was the name yeah. of the team? What was the name of the team? Sunbury Sonics. We had a bright yellow kit. It was beautiful. Really yeah. complimented Alex's eyes. <laughs> so, yeah, Pai, I just want you to speak about like how you got into basketball. Obviously, it's not the most popular sport in the country. Just a bit of your background about that. So, it's, it's a really random thing to have got into. Obviously, like any young kid in the UK, you grow up, you start playing football, you potentially play a little rugby. I played hockey as well, which is a, a very posh little sport to play and very random against um, bas basketball. And I also played golf, which was also really contradictory to playing basketball. But like, so started off in primary school, we had these little nets and I seemed to gravitate to these two guys. One of Both of them are our friends, Sam and Matt, and um, they already played for a team called Sunbury Sonics. I think it was back when we were like nine nine or ten and um I thought I'd just go give it a go my mom took me down and like we ended up kind of like talking quite a bit and like you know becoming friends and stuff but I generally just got really into it I can't really put my finger on it but it I just found it a lot more interesting than football personally I feel like I was better with my my hands and my feet which you know <laughs> take that as an innuendo if you want but um so yeah Sonics was a really good starting block um I guess we'll get onto it in a minute but the UK basketball system isn't exactly premier in the world you've got like obviously the US and Spain and everyone else that have got these amazing programs and we have just got like little halls that are basically about the same size as just single badminton courts with two nets either end that don't have a three-point line and we have to like train in that crap so it's um it was it's a tough going growing up as a UK basketball fan Pai, um, Pai, was there a, a certain player that you saw that made you fall in love with the game? Was there a certain moment where you were like, okay, well, hockey's not the sport for me. Football's not the sport for me. I'm, basketball was going to be the thing going forward. I didn't really start watching NBA properly until like probably 
like late late 2000s I'd say um so it wasn't really NBA that got me to like hooked on it it was just playing games and I got like fairly good within the level that I was playing at so like, I got an MVP uh, I was going to throw that out there at one point I put it, I put it in I already said it you did you did it, yeah. so I needed to allude to it again we'll keep mentioning it throughout um <laughs> So, and there, there are pictures of me on my Facebook if, uh, if anyone's keen on looking at those. But yeah, like I, so that was like, I was like, I'm actually quite good at this. So I kind of wanted to like keep it going. But I, like me and my friend Sam and Matt, we all usually would try out for like county um, and stuff. So like that was quite cool because I obviously yeah, got to a certain level there where I was happy with it. And like, it's just, just like, I can't, the pace of the game is just amazing. Like you like with football, every you're set in your positions. Typically, you wouldn't move out of your positions unless there's a reason to do it for an attack. With basketball, you can do anything you want realistically as long as you're not shit. So if I wanted to go in the post, I can go in the post if I want to. Um, just I have to score. Otherwise, I'm not going to be able to be in there again. If I want to shoot and I make shots, then I can keep shooting. So, Despite your size, one of the best post players I play against loves the good go. hook around. Mate, when you when you can can't jump over a penny, you need something to be able to get buckets. So like that, I've always thrived when, I mean, most people probably say this, but like pick and roll, um, being able to use use my body to like move around people, like using your dribble, like it's so important when you haven't got speed or athleticism. So um, and it's helped me to an extent. I haven't been, ever been able to get past like a higher level of playing, um, probably higher than like. Um, like National League, which for those that don't know, National League is kind of like the equivalent of like lower league football, like League Four or Five football, probably. Um, playing in the UK, like it's just on the cusp of being like an, a uh, semi-pro player. So like that's that's what like the skill level that I've got to. But yeah, I've never been able to push any higher than that. But I think that would just be down to effort. Like uh, there's no point in me really going for it. Um, because I don't think I'd ever be able to get to a level where I would actually be able to make a decent wage off it, and it would just be something that I did on the side. So, As long as you enjoy it, I think the last thing I want to ask you about, just on the background side of things, is how it's sort of structured to actually make it. Um, and I want your points about that. Is Was it something that was, it something that was tough to continue to do because you felt like you weren't elite? Um, do you think there should be other steps in place to make this transition easier just for people, for players in the UK? Or? I think like if you're of a certain physical prowess or of a certain skill level, you'll get picked up. Like you'll be playing in league, you'll be dropping 30 or 40 points and you're going to go get picked up by like, the likes of like Barking Abbey, Loughborough Uni, like any of those institutions that are like, there's probably only about like eight, to 10 like really really like world-class ones in the uk maybe but um outside of that you're going to get picked up by probably american schools like throwing tapes over to them and stuff so like people that actually really want to make a career of it and have the physical tool set to do it they can they just need to be able to kind of like be be shown to be being good but like i know loads of people that started at my age and became amazing and then went on to to play and have really good careers as a british athlete or basketball athlete and then i know people that were like only started when they were like 14 or 15 like there was a guy that played for my team that was like 18 he started playing basketball like four years ago and was twice as good as me and I've been playing since I was eight so it's, it's just a matter of like getting yourself in the right spot and then getting the people around you that can actually help you like it might, it's kind of tough sometimes like I 
no shots fired, but my coaches as a kid weren't amazing. Like it was always just the dad. <laughs> the dad, like Alex will test. We have like, we have occasionally really good coaches. There's a guy called Stuart Tanner for our college team who um, is actually like an internet sensation because he yeah. crossed up. He crossed up Devin Harris on a UK court. There's like a video on YouTube from like Millions, eight years back. Millions. Yeah. It's actually viral. We're not actually joking. Yeah. 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 So, um, him out. And he, he, he was a rant. He was a coach of like an Egham, um, yeah, like an Egham college basketball team. And he was amazing. Um, I had a couple of coaches for another team called 12 Point Items, which is my other club team, which were great. Um, I went to camps and there were like camps where you, I, I got like little snapshots of what a really good coach would be like. And I think if I, if I like lived on like Brighton, if I lived in Manchester, if I lived in London, I would have had access to better coaching, potentially have played a bit of a higher level, but I don't think I would have ever got anywhere. But for anyone younger that's watching it and they, they think they can do it, like you, you give it a go as best you can and you let your, like you play as much as you want and you try and go as far as you can. Because people think like if you get to the, to be successful in basketball, you have to get to the NBA and that's not true. There's so many amazing leagues in Europe. The BBL is improving every year. Mm. COVID's screwed around with that a bit, but um, the BBL is, is a respectable league and I think like the more people that can get involved in it and back it the better British basketball will be and the one thing we need is just some really like just another Luau Deng like just someone that's like a real big star yeah. just to like kickstart stuff again because you don't have you need someone to look up to as like a British athlete so when we go to the Olympics when we go to the FIBA World Cup like we need that that person that will like really yeah. you know take us take us there like you've got but like Spain, you've got the Gasol brothers that were amazing. You've got Ricky Gervais. Ricky Gervais? I was just watching, <laughs> <laughs> just watching a, a comedy special of Ricky Gervais. Ricky but, Gervais. Um, yeah. Amazing, amazing basketball player. Amazing basketball player. Now, Ricky Rubio. Um, and um, for us, yeah, we've just had a wild day. We have like little Pops, fringe. Pop Spencer Bonsi. Pop Spencer Bonsi. We watched him and, and, uh, against the US. We got fucking killed, but he dunked on someone or something. It was pretty sick. But, um, but yeah, we haven't had a lot of amazing talent come through. It'd be great to get some more. If anyone wants to search for you, would they just search Luka Doncic and would just pop up there? Or like, just you have to search oh, yeah. Luka Doncic's long lost brother? <laughs> how, how would they be able, to find, how people be able to find you? Uh, well, yeah, like surprisingly, um, he's he's uh, a long lost cousin of mine. Uh, I found that out. I did, uh, what, what were they called? Those uh, trees, family trees. So I'm like, you know, two thirds Serbian. It's all, all bullshit. I have no idea. I'm absolutely not related to Luka Doncic, but I, I love the fact that I look like him. Apparently, my game is similar to his. I just wish that I actually had the mental ability to be able to pull off all the stuff that he does. The guy in our league where we play in, um, oh, what was it, the Go Mammoth League, that just kept calling me Luka. Every time I like did something good, he was like, oh, man, it's Luka, Luka Doncic. I was like, okay, yeah, cheers. Should we, should we get onto the Bucks? Yes. Yeah, man. So... Uh... Obvious question, why Bucks? I mean, a lot of UK fans or international fans will have different journeys supporting teams, whether, you know, a lot of people in Germany, they will support uh, Dallas for obvious reasons because they're following Nowitzki, then you start following a team. But what sort of drew you to Milwaukee or what sort of your fandom journey? Right, so this is where I'm going to get slated. But um, it was... So I originally supported the LA Lakers back when, as I said, like early two, like late 2000s, um, after the Kobe shot, always loved Kobe. Kobe was like a massive... Like when we spoke earlier, actually, when I did start getting into basketball, I just loved watching Kobe play. And weirdly, Monte Ellis, loved Monte Ellis, who used to have a stint with the Bucks. Two players that I loved watching. Um, so I supported the Lakers. Then I got called a glory hunter. And back then, like you, you, all, you needed to keep your pride. And I couldn't deal with the fact that I was being called a glory hunter. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to go, go, go support Miami for a little bit. So I supported Miami for a good four months. 
Um, and then I thought, this is this is just not working. I wasn't really a fan of the team at the time. I think the Wayne Wade was playing, but I wasn't really that fussed on the rest of the team. I didn't enjoy watching them play. And then I watched a few games where Brandon Jennings was in his rookie, rookie season. You think, like, how the hell has Brandon Jennings made you support a team? But, like, I watched the game where he dropped 55 in his rookie season. And him and Andrew Bogut playing together, I was like, oh, this team is sick. I love watching them. So I just ended up, like, watching them more and more. And then grew to, grew to love the team and the franchise and what they're about. And, like, obviously, I learned all about the history of them and, like, the players that have played there. It's like a really historic franchise for probably one of the most historic franchises, but in a small market, which is quite cool. Um, and nowadays they're doing really well, which is good. Admittedly, like I'm one of these people that I don't have a true passion for a team. I just like watching games where I know that there's going to be some interesting players and I want to try and keep up to date on as many players as I can so I know that who, who's doing well, who's doing what. That seems to be the modern fan nowadays. Um, I remember listening to quite a few other shows in general talking about fandom and they're like, a lot of people now just follow specific players and that's just what fans are nowadays and it's, it's not too often you'll get people just following one team. Uh, I can't remember who said it, another guy was like, nowadays, it's uh, back in the day, it was always about what's in front of your shirt, but now it's all about what's on the back of your shirt, who you're repping on the back rather than on the front, which is quite interesting, but I guess you just sort of, it just represents sort of how fans are evolving. And I mean, I guess I'm sort of part of it because I do like to follow LeBron as well, although I do have my specific team fandom. Like all of us, there's specific players we just really want to see do well. Yeah, I agree. It's a good way, it's a good way of putting it, the, the uh, name on the back. Like, I know a lot of people that are really keen, like they want to get a ex-player jersey like I, I wanted to get like a son's jersey with um kevin johnson on so i went in at the start of lockdown i started watching loads of um old sons games with and charles I loved, with barkley yeah barkley and johnson and i love them and i love watching johnson play so i was like oh, i just I want to get that so yeah i i would say i'm definitely more on the the, the player front but like i would say that i'm i'd say yeah, quite a dedicated NBA fan, but not really massively dedicated to the team. But Milwaukee is, is still the one that every year I am hoping and pushing for, for them to do as well as possible. Considering we are speaking about the Bucks, we've got some quick fire questions that we want, to, want you to answer around your franchise that you support. Obviously, you said you are individual tailored fan, but first question for you, who is the Milwaukee's greatest player of all time? So... Take this two different ways. I mean, the, the guys that delivered the championships for Milwaukee, you've got Kareem and Oscar. I like, can't deny they're definitely the yeah. best players for that team. Um, probably potentially Kareem over Oscar, just because of how iconic he was and how good he was at the time. That was like basically just, just before and then a little bit during his prime before he went to LA. But like other people that have done amazing for the franchise, I think Ray Allen, someone that probably gets overlooked because of his Boston and Miami days, but Ray was a fucking killer for the Milwaukee back in the day. And then I think the, the Jennings and Bogut combination was amazing for the year that they actually managed to keep it together. But Kareem is easily the best. It's a cap. Okay. So from you following the Bucks, who's been one of your personal favourites, favourite players that may not necessarily be recognised as one of the elites? What, current now or over the time? Just in general, for, since you've been following the Bucks. I I think Ray, someone that's got a special place in your heart. Someone's got a special place. I think from the games that I've watched, and obviously it's minimal before my time, I do think what Ray Allen was doing at the start of his career with Milwaukee was great. 
Um, but it's it's going to be Jennings and the little space and time where Monte Ellis was on the team. The Jennings Monte uh, combination was absolute shite in terms of winning games and very specific in when you were going to win games with those two. But in terms of like fan viewability and, and like enjoyment factor and watching them both play, it was amazing because they were just so fast and they would jack up so many shit shots. But it was so great to so great to watch them just run up and down. It's going absolutely haywire. Like you get Jennings and he was a pretty good passer. So he would just launch these dimes to Monte on the break and he would just like be blitzing past players and finishing. Your favourite favorite player of all time, are you going with Ray or are you going with Monte? I favourite player for the Bucks, because I watched more of him, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go I'm gonna I'm gonna be annoying and kind of like do a halfway answer. I'm gonna go Jennings and Monte as a duo. So okay. I can't. I can't give either of them the nod. Who is the most overrated player for the Bucks all time? Something, something you've seen that you think they they're getting too much recognition. Recognition. I am I going to be hated for saying this? I think Yanis is slightly overrated. Alex, I think. As I say, Alex is trying to get you to trouble. Yeah, I know. I. And the, like, it's not that he's a bad player. Yanis is top five in the league, one hundred percent. But Yanis is a easily schemed out player. Like in the playoffs, as soon as you get down to crunch time and you get into half court sets, Yanis, Yanis is the benefits of a Yanis kind of is lost unless you've got the right players to be around him and help him deliver what he needs to. I think. Like it also doesn't help with coaching and who we've had. I feel like there's probably been a lot of like poor plays where we've tried to force Yanis into the offense. And I think like you just need to let if he's only going to score 15, but he's going to put pressure on the defense and distribute, you need to let him do it. And I don't think that's the case. I think a lot of like the times he was forced into situations and maybe in the playoffs where he would get asked to just put the ball on the floor, try and create in the half court, and he would just get stopped. He's not got the body of a LeBron James. He's got the wingspan and the like a very, very good amount of strength, but he doesn't have the like ability to start in a half court set and push his way through to the paint. Like, to someone that you feel is quite underrated, doesn't get enough props as as you want them to. At the moment, I, I was quite surprised with Dante DiVincenzo. I thought he was he's actually got it harder last night, actually, in the stretch. Yeah, like he's actually, I mean, yeah, he's just like one of those guys that's going to be a, a really good role player. Um, and when he starts, like he doesn't make too many mistakes and he can make plays. Like he's just someone that is like really solid. But past players that I've had on the team that I think were underrated, um, I think Andrew Bogut back in back when he was actually healthy, like he's kind of like similar to, um, in my eyes, to like if you remember Greg Oden. When like both of them, when they got when they got injured, like it was a real shot in the arm because they were going to be like the two big boy centers that were going to like dominate when Shaq left. So, like, and Boga was an absolute animal on both ends. So, and like, and him and Jennings as a duo, like, I think we were the eight seed, but like going into the playoffs, like, it's one of those few times where, you, like, if you remember Golden State Warriors beating the Mavericks, I think like late two thousands, like that was a, the first seed get losing to the eight seed. I felt like we could do it, and as soon as Bogut went down, I was like, oh, that's, that's going. But yeah, I think Bogut was really underrated back when he was great. Um, so you going with then, the big Aussie? I'm going with the big Aussie, but give props to Middleton as well. I'm always surprised about how lanky he is. 
Yeah. Like he's he's so long limbed and so lanky, like you wouldn't necessarily consider him a traditional number two, but he's just a lot taller and a lot ranger than than you think. That's what I see whenever I watch Middleton. Yeah. So give me a breakdown, real quick, all time oh. starting five. So who have you got at the guard position, moving all the way down to centre? Just Bucks or all time? Just Bucks. Okay. Let's, I mean, so right, so it's going to be Oscar at the, Oscar at the one. Yep. Monte at the two. I might, I might just have to, but give me a second, I'm having a ponder. Um, let's go Oscar, why not? Let's go Monte, some slashing. Let's go yep. um, at Ray Allen for three, spacing and shooting. Let's get Yanis at the four and let's get... Cream out of five. Nice lineup. I'm going to move on to what's happening right now with the Bucks. And I think you've already answered this, but aside from Yanis, who do you think is the most valuable on the, on the Bucks? So it is Chris. Um, he is definitely the second best player we've got. But I'm, I'm not totally convinced that he should be the second best. I do think that we need need a third, um, someone to fill that second slot and he could potentially be a third string with slightly less shots. But yeah, best, second best player on the team at the moment is Chris. But we've got like, and then, but then after Chris is so flat and even. So we've had this question previously before on, on the regular show. Which player from the Bucks would you like to go on a night out with? Again, I might just be generic, but I'm going to go Yanis. I think the problem, we, problem when you were in a small market team though is you don't get a lot of media coverage of the rest of the players. All I see is Yanis all the time on my newsfeed and occasionally some weird Milwaukee Bucks post of Brooke Lopez doing something yeah. weird. Um, but like Yanis does seem to be like always at the forefront of the fun. Like he see, he reminds me of like the um, like Cleveland Cavaliers when LeBron like in his first stint there where he was like the funny guy. That's what Yanis is to me. But I think Yanis is probably a bit more serious than LeBron was back then. But, um, but yeah, Yana seems like a great guy. Which player would you, would you, are you most likely to have a fight with? So this is the good thing up. about the Bucks is that we don't, we don't really have anyone that is like a bit over the top in terms of personality. But I think I'm going to cop out. I'm just going to say DJ Augustine because if I was on the team, me and him would be fighting for minutes. So, and he seems to have Ooh, like random, nice. random like flushes of like great play. So, I would, me and him will probably have like a little mini rivalry. So I'm spun, assuming I wouldn't wouldn't start, you know, with my. You spun with my the question set. though. You spun the question. I was thinking physical fight, but that's a very good answer in terms of that. Following on from that, who's an all star you'd want the Bucks to trade for to help fill out the roster or non to help all, non all star? Right, we could do all star because to be honest, they've only with Middleton and yeah. All star's too obvious though because you could say a lot of people. Non all star. So. Depends on how you want me to. So I could say because they weren't an all star last year, I could say either Bradley Beal or Devin Booker, but I think that's probably a little bit cheating. So if I was being realistic, who I'd want to this is the thing like, if we're trading, we haven't really got any amazing assets. We and I don't want to give up Chris Middleton, but I haven't got anything else to give up as the Bucks outside of picks and a cash release. So I would have to assume that there'd be some wrangle way that we would get these players. Um, but I would want. John Moran, um, I feel like if his shot gets better, his him and Yanis fucking on the fast break would be an absolute 
amazing stuff. And it, yeah, like Jar is really good in the half court as well. He just needs to improve his decision making a lot of the time. But like Grizzlies, that, Grizzlies won five in a row. Hundred percent. So and he, yeah, he would be amazing in terms of like giving Yanis a bit more, kind of a little bit less touches in the half court when he doesn't need them. So we can go to Jar. And Jar's quite good in the the clutch. Um, or if I can't get Jar, I would want Zach Levine. Um, maybe that's just personal preference because I think Zach is well underrated at the moment and not getting what he needs out of the balls. I think he doesn't need the amount of touches he gets. And I think in like a decent system, he, he would take so much pressure off of Yanis to, to play make and get his own and get his own shot. So I was going to ask a quick question on that. Would you swap straight up Middleton for Levine? Oh yeah, 100%. Ooh. So quickly, just talking about this season. Uh, what's something? What's so? Tell us a little bit about this season. What's something that's gone well this season that you've been pleased with? I. It's really tough because we've had players in and out, like every other team. Like everyone is ravaged by industries at industry um, injuries <laughs> at the moment. Got a lot of weird mix-up of words. Um, everyone's been ravaged by industries. Ricky Gervais. Ricky Gervais, baby, <laughs> get him bu- get him buckets for Spain. Um, no, nah, um, I think I think Yanis is taking a bit of a step back in terms of his need and like minutes. I think like his usage is down a little bit, which is good. Um, I I still haven't really seen Chris get that heavily involved in the offense as much as I'd want him to. Drew has been average, like he's been good to have on the team, but I don't think he's properly meshed yet. But I hope he will. Um, but yeah, I think generally, like team cohesion, we didn't shake things up things up too much. So I think we're going to have another good season. I don't know if we'll be first in the East, but we'll have another good season. Um, it's just like two things that need to happen is yeah, well, three things. Yanis needs to have less of a load. Middleton needs to step up and average more points, and Drew needs to be like lock on defender and probably average about twenty as well. So I am gonna, I'm gonna challenge you on that, Pi. Yeah. So Middleton averaging twenty. 21 points last year. He's up to 22. However, from field goal, he's up from four, from 50% to 53%. And from three point, he's up from 41% to 44%. So he's shooting a pretty good clip. He's, he's efficient and volume is up a little bit, but that's not... What's his field goal attempts? Field goal attempts. So they'll probably be the same, if not less. No, he's we're well, shooting more. So he was from seven point six, and I was on eight point three. Uh, or that, yeah, that's field goals, and then attempted. He's fifteen point three. He was fifteen point three. Now it's fifteen point seven. Okay, so, so slightly up, but minimal. That's the thing. So Middleton, I think, should get more possessions to do stuff. The thing with Middleton is he's not a facilitator. So hopefully, Drew fills that that void. Okay. But, um, I don't know if he's really getting there yet. Okay, cool. So what, what has gone wrong for the Bucks this season? I know you spoke about the COVID and, and injuries and the league is sort of coming to a to a halt in some some phases. I don't I don't really think we've done anything massively wrong. Like nothing too drastic has changed. Like obviously there's Do you think the East has gotten stronger? East is stronger. I mean, the Nets trade is a bit of a fucker. No idea what's going to happen there or whether that's going to cause any 
major upsets or if they're just going to dominate. I, I have a feeling they're not going to dominate, but I, you can never tell until they get into like full swing and until it gets near the, near the playoffs. Um, Philly are doing well. Indiana have got a good team. They've got Karras now, I think. Um, he just got injured, actually, unfortunately. He did, yeah, with the kidney stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. So, but potentially, he hopefully may or may not come back, which would be good for the Indiana. Um, trying to think of the other teams in, in the East. But the East is, is stronger than it ever has been, which is good, because that, that side needs some some firepower. Where do you guys think you'll finish? Do you think Giannis will take that next step and actually finally make the finals? Has signed the extension now, which is something I, I really value. I don't think it's Yanis. I really don't. I don't think he can do more than he, unless his jump shot suddenly becomes an absolute knockdown. The thing that I've always struggled though, when people say this guy needs a jump shot, this guy needs a jump shot, is when you get a jump shot, like obviously playing myself, when you think you can shoot, your the rest of your game does change. Mm. Like he's not go if if he can start hitting step backs like Luca, he's not going to be like he might be potentially yeah the best player in the league, but he's not going to be unstoppable like that's he's basically kind of going to be KD but slightly stronger and a better finisher potentially. Um, so I don't think that if Giannis got a jump shot that we'd be that much better of a team. I really think that we just need the right pieces around him to actually like do something good. I don't I, I don't think we're getting past the Eastern Conference Finals, I can't see us beating like a team that play a team I, I don't, don't know if we could beat Philly I don't really? know if we could, beat, we could beat the next no so I think like Drew I don't know if you could be the magic, it's fine yeah the magic, uh, mate I've seen that game one that game one <laughs> That's, that's Magic's peak, is game one of any playoffs. <laughs> yeah, and then, <laughs> then they just fall off. Cool, so let's, let's, uh, let's have a bit of fun. Let's, let's see how much you know. So we've opened it up. We call this 24-second shot clock. So you get 24 seconds. I'll give you a category. Let's see how many things you can name. Yeah. If you get, so the category is top 25 all-time scorers for the Bucks. So I've got the list of top 25 <laughs> players. You have 24 seconds. See how many players you can name. If you get someone from the 20 to the 25 mark, you'll get an additional 14 seconds of an offensive rebound. I will shout it out. And Alex will shout out if you got one of those players um, from 20 to 25. So, Mr. Pye, your 24 shot clock starts now. Right. Yanis, uh, Ray yep. Allen, Sidney Moncrief, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Oscar Robertson. Uh, offensive rebound. Um, I'm going to put Brandon Jennings out there. Why not? Offensive rebound. Offensive and rebound. Two offensive. So you've got three offensive rebounds now. So that's another back right. to back. Andrew Bogut. Uh, that was I an offensive rebound. Yeah. Beautiful. I need to think of some fucking older players. Um, this is the problem when you've got a really historic franchise. There's loads of old people I'm not thinking about. Um, Chris Middleton? Probably not. Yeah. Um, how many is that? That's like eight, isn't it? That's not great. Fucking hell. How much time have I got left? Ten seconds less. Five. Come on, yeah. bye. 
Mate, I don't, that's, that's through me a little bit. 25 top scorers. Read the list out to me when you're done. Uh, Kareem, Glenn yeah. Robinson, Sidney Moncrief, Michael Red, Michael Bob Red. Dandridge. That was a really Bob bad Dandridge. one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Marquise, Marquise Johnson. Yeah, it's fine. Yanis. Okay. Junior Bridgman. No idea. No idea. Brian no. Winters. No idea. Ray Allen. Cool. Did you say Ray Allen? I yeah. did say Ray, yeah. Terry Cummings. Not Chris was 12th. Uh, Ricky Price. Middle, Middleton was 12th. Paul Presley. Sam Cassell mm. was one. Ilya Sova was another one. Yeah. Was he now? You've got Jack Sikma. Yeah. you got Jack Sikma. Nine years. He was in Milwaukee for nine years. Mr. Dracula. Um, Jack Sikma, Andrew Bogut, Brandon Jennings. Those are the last couple ones. So they, Bogut was 20, Jennings was 21. This is why you got offensive rebound. Yeah. So how many? So I got eight out of 25. Yeah, that's pretty good to be fair, considering the time limit. That's really good, I would say. So I just, just totaled it up. You've got eight out of 25, which is really, really good. So credit to you. You've got eight out of 25. We'll see how the rest of the fans get on. I don't think they'll do as well, though. I don't. Time time goes ticking away. 24-second shot clock, you know. I, I really struggled last week. And I don't think I would have done as well as you, Pi. But that wraps up our breakdown, the Bucks breakdown. So thank you to Mr. Piercy for all your knowledge and stuff. And here's hoping that Yanis can help his team reach the finals. We'll okay. Thank you for having me, boys. It's been a pleasure. See you on the website.